The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And good Wednesday morning and welcome to another edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJX-FM. We are truly Neville James. It is a gorgeous day in paradise. And I'm glad to be back on the microphone here. And uh, yeah, had a little quick getaway. Uh, went up north for a little bit and spent a day in uh, South Beach down in Miami. And now back here in the studio. Got a great show uh, lining up today. That's what I'm talking about right there. Uh, we got uh, Dr. Sonia Kenya from the U.M. Miller School of Medicine and uh, Dr. Tai Hunt, Tai Camille Hunt Caesar, TCHC, right? They're going to be joining us at 820. And uh, we're talking public health, right? So I'm looking forward to that conversation. Make that clear. And at 9 to 10, we got Akil Brady. Akil Breedy, right? Come cast members, some cast members, I'm sorry, of the cause Wizard of Oz. So that's going to be in a 9 to 10 uh, hour to get me back into the flow. You know what I'm saying? Tomorrow, um, Massa Assist going to be joining us between uh, 820 and 9. Nourish to Flourish tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Right? And then, of course, on Friday, the Power Hour. Right, and then STSA's Learn to Swim program with John Bassbinder and Susie Andrews during the nine to ten a.m. hour. So we got a full slate. Looks like no, no table talk, unless we do some rescheduling this week, because we got a lot to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Doug's cool. Uh, he called it. He said, "I like Sinner. I like Sinner to win." To win the Australian Open, I think think Djokovic is in trouble. And then as soon as I landed, because I flew into New York on Thursday evening, and I get to the hotel and I turn on the TV, I see Sinner is up two sets to love. I was like, uh-oh, hopefully Rocky's okay. You know what I'm saying? So we got to figure out something here. We got to make that happen because we got to have that conversation and get Ronnie Russell involved uh, in all that stuff. So check this out. I want to talk to the weather service. So... We're going to reach out to them in a little bit so they can let us know what's going on. All right? And then uh, we come back, uh, do a little. Oh, I got some news with respect to uh, the Waste Management Authority. Just got a phone call because I noticed something this morning. And then I got a phone call. Uh, so I got to talk a little bit about that before we bring in uh, Dr. Kenya and uh, Dr. Hunt Caesar. Yes, indeed. So, a um, uh, couple, couple of things, you know, when I got in the car, 72 degrees, I was like, what? Really getting AP at night, February, really? Because I know tomorrow's February 1st, right? February really is the coldest month. You know, I doubt about that. And it shows every year. And I uh, look forward to um, breaking that down 
uh, every winter time because it'll be nice in the morning. So, uh, we got the weather service on the line. Who am I speaking with from down in San Juan this morning? Uh, this is Gidiana Sajas. This is who? Gidiana Sajas. This is the first time we're talking, Gidiana. How are you? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Is the weather uh, down in San Juan as beautiful as it is up here in the Virgin Islands? <laughs> no, not so much. <laughs> How's the weather down there? Uh, yeah, so right now we have some uh, passing showers across the area. We have uh, this frontal boundary that will linger uh, at least until tomorrow. It's like a stationary cold front. So it's bringing, you know, cloudiness and uh, um, some showers across the area. So we are expecting um, this pattern to continue for the rest of today and probably continue until tomorrow as well. The weather the weather is going to be uh, nippy um, down in the upper 60s at night? Uh, yes, in the, in the area of San Juan, you mean, or? San Juan and the Virgin Islands because we're in the same region. Yeah, so for tonight, let me see, I'm seeing, yeah, like in the low 70s into upper 60s, and then the same, pretty similar for for the Virgin Islands as well. Okay, so tell us about this cold front. Uh, yes, so we have uh, this cold front right now that it's basically like stationary um, over the area, so if this will continue like I said, to cause some um, cloudiness and light to moderate showers today, the rest of today, and as well into tomorrow okay. for the area, yeah. What about beachgoers and uh, a marine advisory? Um, yes, yeah, so right now, let me see something really quick. Uh, yeah, today we have... Uh, this is um, hollow moment. This is limited, I think. But then for tomorrow, uh, yeah, the rip currents will continue um, to get worse, especially for the weekend. So right now we are like in limited um, rip currents. And then for the wave heights, let me see what I have here. Yeah, it will be around three to five feet for the wave heights. Three or five feet. In San Juan and then as well for, yeah, St. Thomas and San Croix a little bit uh, less. Um, but yeah, something something like that. Any small craft advisories? Uh, no, not at the moment. Not at the moment, okay. And beachgoers, they should be okay? Uh, can you repeat that, sorry? The beachgoers, those who are going to the beach for, for rip currents, they should be all right? Uh, well, for right now... Yes, but I will say, I mean, there's still a limited um, risk. Um, so not, you know, not super good, but it's better than the weekend. Like for Friday, for example, into the weekend, it will be a little bit worse. Right now, it's not that bad, but, it, you know, everything, everyone should take care just, just in case. No, um, I, no, I'm looking at the forecast, and I <laughs> see um, beginning on uh, Thursday night, we should be getting rain into Friday. Um, yes. Um, it will continue, like, in this um, pattern, basically, yeah, for for the next few days. And then for the weekend, it's supposed to get a little bit drier. And then early next week, we'll, we will expect rain chances to increase again. Okay. Um, but, yeah, at least today and tomorrow, we will be with this uh, cold front that we have stationary in the area. It will continue to, you know, promote this um, 
light to moderate showers uh, through the day and tomorrow. And yeah, for for Friday, I have some yeah some rain chances mainly during the morning south. Uh, sorry, in the north areas of Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands, and then in the afternoon it will be more focused in the south area. No, I'm That's seeing. Friday. I'm seeing that we also have good visibility right now. Um, let me see. Not completely sure. You mean in uh, in San Juan? No, or in the Virgin Islands. In the Virgin Islands. Yeah, very high visibility. We don't have any uh, um, Sahara Sahara dust right now, do we? Or do we have any Sahara any particles? Yeah, let me see what I have. Yesterday we had some, uh, we received some calls about that. Mm-hmm. Um, today with the rain, probably that will be, will get a little bit better um, with the passing showers. But yeah, I can confirm that yesterday we we received some calls and yeah, in, in effect, it was uh, Saharan dust um, yesterday. Mm. Let me see something here. Mm. Yep. Moment. And and by the way, what exactly is is causing the cold front? Um. So yeah, it's it's like a upper level trough. Upper level trough. Okay. Yeah, and then yeah, it you know it's kind of moving south, and now it's kind of like stationary in in our area, causing this um, this weather for today and probably tomorrow as well. Okay. And for pretty much for the next few days, yeah. Okay, and then we're looking at that rain uh, based on the forecast from late tomorrow night into into Friday. Like the uh, rain amount? The rain, yeah, the rain, because I'm looking at the, the forecast here, and uh, it says uh, beginning like late Friday night into uh, in late Thursday night into Friday morning. Um, we're looking at some showers here on the, here in the Virgin Islands. Yeah, let me see. <clears throat> Hold a moment. Hold a moment, please. Mm-hmm. You mean Thursday night into Friday morning? Correct. Uh, yes, I have like Thursday morning, I have like point thirty for the U.S. Virgin Islands. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, for Friday, it's a little bit less. And then it increased again like early next week. Um yeah, it's like less than 0.10, but yeah, I, I'm seeing the highest values at least for like tomorrow, Thursday into Friday. Okay. Yeah, okay. Thursday afternoon, you guys have like 0.30, so that's like thurs- tomorrow night. Yeah, that's what's like, like, that. like 30 to 40% chance of showers uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow night. Okay, well, thank you very much, uh, Juliana Sayas, that's how you pronounce it? That's, that's perfect. Okay, good. Thank you very much. Nice talking to you this morning. First time ever. And looking forward to talking with you in the future. Okay. Sounds good. Have a nice day. You too. That's Juliana Sayas from the Weather Service down there uh, in San Juan. Uh, it's a beautiful day right now. I'm looking outside. Uh, nice visibility. When I came over the top, I actually saw one of those rich yachts. I don't know if uh, Glen Roy saw them when he was walking this morning up there. But um, here on St. Croix, uh, we don't really have that, that uh, how you say, that elevation like uh, you got in St. Thomas up there by Marfley. 
when you're walking out the way Mafia and you could go by the lookout and uh, look down. We, uh, we really guide like that uh, to the extent that you do. But if you get up on the bypass, the Christian Stead bypass, and you look into the Christian Stead Harbor, um, they got like three different lookouts uh, on, the, on the bypass, right? There's, there's one where you actually could park, and the other two is actually where you are actually walking or driving on the, on the, on the, uh, the bypass, and you can see the harbor. But on this side, right, we're, we're, we're not on the bypass. We're over in uh, Estate Richmond, and uh, you come over the top of the hill there by Contentment. Before you get to the bypass, heading, east to, heading west to east, and you get up on the top of the hill, and you look down, and you can see some shots. I mean, look, it was absolutely gorgeous this morning. Seriously. It's like that Hemingway. That Hemingway, um, I think it's the old man they see, I think is the name of the book. Right? And uh, you can see that little boat hanging out there in Cuba. Right? And I saw a yacht this morning. I was like, oh, wait a minute. One of Jerry Jones there in town. Nah, he hangs out in St. Thomas. No, but we good with that. Anyway, like I was saying, right? Um, so, um, we had already, you know, been a little uh, a little under the gun because Coco had get beat up uh, in the semifinals, and of course Sabalenka went on to win the Australian Open uh, women's singles title. So the question was, um, would Rocky's goat and the young lady who is my friend in uh, Saint Thomas, if their goat would continue his goatness? Right, but Donald Duck's cool told us that he believes Sinner was going to get some revenge. And Rocky and I was talking about it, right? And I told Rocky, yeah, I like that. Miss, come back in the studio. And, uh, and, um, I thought that Zverev, right? Well, had a chance to win it. You know, I know Alcaraz, you know, he, for some reason, he has a quarterfinal, semifinals drought now uh, since Wimbledon. And Sinner had beaten Djokovic. Is either two out of the last three or three out of the last four going into the match. But one of those matches was the ATP finals, which is the, the at the end of the year, the top eight players they play in a tournament in Italy. And Sinner had beaten Djokovic in the round robin part of the tournament. But then Djokovic beat him up in the championship match. So everybody thought, well, we're back to back to normal. But it looked like Sinner was waiting for revenge. And I saw this, you know. Remember, I see this happen all the time. So I was talking to Rocky. I said, Rocky, I saw Djokovic do the same thing to Federer, you know. Federer beat him up in the U.S. Open Finals in 2007. And when they met in the Australian Open semifinals, Djokovic beat him three sets to love in this Australian Open semifinals. Mind Senna don't do the same thing. And before you know it, Senna won the first two sets. The third set went to a tiebreaker. Djokovic showed his championship medal, 
hung on for a little bit. And then Sinner did the damage in the fourth set, took him out. And then Sinner played Medvedev in the finals. Medvedev was leading two sets to love. And Sinner came all the way back. So Doc Skoll, when the, when the table talk kick in again, you're going to have some fun with Rocky Leibold. Go check. Because now we're going to to the clay court season. Well, no, we got some more hard court tournaments in America, right? You got the Sunshine Double, uh, Indian Wells, and Miami. And then the next Grand Slam is, of course, the French Open. And uh, that's um, Nadal territory, but he's physically not going to make it. He's struggling. I don't see how he's going to make it back right now. So congrats uh, to Yannick Sinner from Italy who um, not only took out um, the number one player in the world, uh, the winningest Grand Slams uh, titles ever in Novak Djokovic, but also is now a, thank you, is now a Grand Slam title winner himself, 2024 uh, Australian uh, Open champion. And, of course, Sabalenka got her revenge on Coco. Same thing. Coco beat her up in the finals last year at the U.S. Open. And she came back and uh, beat up on Coco in the uh, semifinals. You know that Coco kind of showed that she was, she was uh, may, may not have been up to par because she struggled in the quarterfinals. Um, those are the indicators, you know what I'm saying? So, But what we need to do is, you know, get tennis back into the, Full here with our young people, man. Tennis is a good sport, and we got perfect weather. Um, it's a good place for year-round uh, tennis. So these are the type of things we need to promote. So when Ronnie Russell comes on uh, down the road, maybe the Olympic Committee and uh, uh, Chico Morales and Hugo Hodge and Johnny Rimson, all them, see what we could do to get tennis back into the fold. These are the kind of sports, man. We got the weather for it. It's ideal. You know what I'm saying? So we'll take a break. Be back right after this. Fresh start. The Bank of St. Croix provides in-person service, personal and business checking accounts, online banking, and mobile apps for banking on the go, a nonprofit community investment checking account, and a 24-hour banking cash management platform. There are two locations, one in Gallus Bay and one in Peter's Rest. The Bank of St. Croix has something for everyone. Contact a customer service specialist for details regarding our nonprofit community investment checking account. Member FDIC. How do we know words? How do we accumulate words? Writer Edna O'Brien. Are they there in us before we know them? She follows a quest many writers can understand. As if these words were the generators of some kind of magic. Authors, artists, sports, news, and maybe even some magic. Every Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. 
I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where we're not just interested in what's going on in the world, but why it's happening and how. Details are important. So are different points of view. We're dedicated to bringing you the stories behind the big events and the small ones, too. Join us every Sunday morning for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. News happens all week, all around the world. If you want to understand what this French election is all about... Four candidates are running unopposed, and three of them met reporters Thursday. Whatever the outcome of today's elections, the secessionist genie is out of the bottle. News, analysis, perspective, music, books, and sports, too. Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. Like I said, it's a gorgeous day uh, in paradise. Seriously, I'm looking outside. It's absolutely lovely. I see the ferry. You know, we got a ferry that'll move from St. Croix to St. Thomas. Um, and I saw it over there. It looks small from far, you know what I mean? But it ain't small at all. So I uh, welcome back to this uh, hump day edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Uh, Virgin Islands. We're joined now by um, Distinguished uh, Health professionals, um, Dr. Tyke, Camille Hunt Caesar, the notorious TCHC. Uh, uh, she is uh, uh, the Virgin Isles Medical Director and the Founding Dean of Medicine, uh, the School of Medicine uh, at UVA. And uh, we're also joined by um, Dr. Sonia Kenya. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She's from Sanjaya. The, Sanjaya. Sanjaya Kenya. I apologize. Sorry for butchering your name. Please forgive me. Uh, she is from my alma mater. University of Miami, Miller School of Medicine. Good morning, ladies, and welcome to Analyze This. Good morning, good morning. Sanjaya, tell me about that name. Sanjaya, so they thought I was going to be a boy. I was going to be William, but it was my thumb in my mouth that they saw on the uh, scan. It wasn't what my father was hoping for. So (laughs) I was Sanjaya um, from San Francisco, raised by... Some very uh, hippie parents who came up with that name. It means wisdom, apparently, in Kenya. Sanjaya means wisdom. And now there's a few Sanjayas. My students um, have named a few of their children Sanjaya. So it officially does mean wisdom. So you're talking to a very wise woman. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) I I, I, I like that. I'm uh, uh, Dr. Hunt Caesar. Uh, I think this is two weeks in a row. That's what I'm talking about. Glad to have you on. My pleasure, as usual. Neville, yes. before we go on to say anything, I have to tell you, I was in St. Croix yesterday, uh-huh. and I, have, I did something that I have never done before, and my boss, the wonderful, absolute amazing Custa Encarnacion, she took me to Point Udall. You've never been to Point Udall before? 
I have never been to Point Judo. You didn't know what you were missing? I was... I did not know what I was missing. I mean, I knew what I was missing, but I was like... <laughs> I've, I've, I, I was... You have no idea. I was like... I was waking up on Christmas when I like... When the realization hit me. She didn't even tell me. But when I was like... When I kind of like ruled out all of like the possibilities of where we could be going... I, I was, you have no idea how excited I was. And it was the best, best, like, the best thing ever. I, um, I, I can't believe it. I'm, I have to tell you. Um, first of all, I'm sure you, you appreciated the drive up and the drive back down as well, right? Because it's nice and... Yes. Right? Yes. That, 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 that would have been nice. Yes. Wow. Stunning. Absolutely wow. stunning. So we got we got we we go talk to the tourism department and get you to be a <laughs> get, get you to be an advocate an advocate an advocate for point you know. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm not you know, I'm not a Clusion, you know, I'm a Tomian. That's so, that, you know, that's why point, you know that's that's yeah, why that's so why we gotta I, do it. I, when I, yeah, and when I come to St. Croix, you know, it's um you know, it's all business, you know, not mm-hmm. play. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So, um, in the future, fact, uh, what's it? Factor in some time um, for that type of thing because it's it's nice over yeah. here. You know, it's very. Um, this woman has no time to factor in time. She has had me working like this is the latest week I've had all, the whole trip. <laughs> she thinks there's nothing for me to get up at 4 a.m., which is 3 a.m. my time to go to work. <laughs> 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 So, 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 talk a little bit about your rela- your relationship with both of you, um, Doctor Hunt Caesar. You went to UN Medical School, right? I did not. You, went to, went, to Howard. you went to Howard. You went to Howard. You went to Howard. I went to Howard. Yes. You went to I'm Howard. I'm a true bison. You're a bison. But Correct. when uh, but when I went to residency at uh, the University of Miami Jackson Memorial Hospital, um, I had the unique opportunity or the uh, the honor um, to to enroll as the um, as the inaugural, one of one of two inaugural residents in the J. Weiss residency for um, global health equity at the University of um, of Miami, it was a it was, so I, I did like a joint internal medicine and social yeah, yeah, medicine that, that, that's what I mixed up. That's what I mixed up because um, I know yeah. you had some some, some stint correct. at the University of Miami. Yeah. yeah. So and during that during that residency, it was a combined social medicine um, program that incorporated a master's of science in public health. And I mute mic. It was a combined um, master's, master's of science in public health at the Miller School of Medicine um, from in the Department of Epidemiology at, um, at, at UM. So I did obtain my MPH at at University of Miami, that is what I did, and I did it during my residency, okay, which good. I know people don't don't understand what that means, but it's, 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 it was very hard. It was a very very hard thing to do to go to school to get a master's while doing a, a residency program at, at one of the the largest, the, the biggest, you know, residency programs in the in the nation. Um, Dr. Kenya, the, the the medical school is in Coral Gables. No, the medical school is located at Jackson Memorial Hospital. Oh, oh sorry, it is? Yeah. Yes, and um, I was recruited as the first faculty member for our Center for Health Equity and Social Medicine, and that was the same year Dr. Hunt Kieser came. So we both met in our first years there, um, and it was, it was instant. I was instantly drawn to her and her passion for telling it like it is, 
and giving her all to making sure her people, our people, have the highest quality of care using research-driven, evidence-based medicine. And we did research together. We published a paper together and completed a study on community health disparities. And we've been friends ever since. So that was about 17 years ago. I met her a little, almost 17 years ago. Let, let me not age us anymore. Um, a, a little over, yeah, it was about 16 and a half years ago. And um, ever since then, it was my goal. Like, how can we continue to work together? And when I found she was named the founding dean of the UBI Medical School, I found a grant opportunity let's try to really do this. I was inspired by the newspaper article that was sent to me about her new appointment. And we figured out a, um, a great way to address health disparities here in the USBI. And we're very, very fortunate that the National Institutes of Health also felt our work was very innovative and needed. And we got funded for this five-year project, which can be renewed until we mess it up. So we're not going to mess it up. We're going to keep this project here in the USBI. But my inspiration was to develop more healthcare providers like Dr. Hunt Caesar. Um, I'm going to ask both of you this question. I'm going to start with uh, Dr. Hunt Caesar. Uh, what's the biggest issues facing people of color uh, as it relates to public health? Is it education? That's a, uh, oh my goodness! I, that, that's a that, that's a tough answer to or question to answer in like to just give you one well, well let, let me let me think, break it down um, let, me, let me break it down like this let, let's start with the education component um are we as educated as we should be as we could be um given uh what we went through with the pandemic um was that a, a clarion call a wake-up call uh for us to be a little bit more um observing and and educating mm -hmm. uh educated um, as, as it relates to public health? So I think that if you're, if you're going to use the pandemic as uh, uh, an example, I think it, it's well known and understood now that the pandemic highlighted the major, major, major disparities that ethnic minorities um, uh, are faced with. So um, I think that that is absolutely true that as it relates to um, black and brown and, eth and other ethnic minorities, the, the, the largest concern as it relates to us are the disparities in healthcare. But again, that only translates to why are there the disparities? And that goes to, you know, we'll, we'll, we can talk, you know, we can talk hours and hours about the social drivers of health and what that means um, to um, how that, how that affects people of color accessing health care and you know if you further want to talk about it in the terry you know within within the territory and in the caribbean in an island setting then you're going to talk about um other other um challenges that come with um, people of color in the caribbean particularly and from your perspective dr kenya um I agree. It's education. And another uh, factor that we don't talk about is trust. Trust in our healthcare providers, trust in our healthcare system. So many people of color have not received the same quality of care that their non minority peers have received. And 
you know, just because people are of color has nothing to do with our intellect. We understand we want the highest quality of care. And then what that does is it diminishes trust in our healthcare system and our healthcare providers when we know we're not receiving it. So we don't want to go back to the doctors. We don't really believe in the messages, the public health messaging system, um, because it's not driven by our needs. So um, when we have providers who look like our most vulnerable population, providers that we feel like we can relate to when we look at them, we can relate to them when we speak to them, we generally trust them more. And that is a big factor so that when providers who are really focused on serving their people, so to speak, um, they make sure that the messages, that public health messages are delivered in languages that people can relate to that are accepted by the populations that need health care the most. And when that messaging, it starts with a messaging which increases awareness and education, like, you know what, maybe I should go to the doctors to get this vaccine because this person said it and I trust this person. They look like me, they speak like me, and they spent a lot of time trying to get to And I think that is the type of commitment that vulnerable populations need to see and feel, if you will, in and, order... And, and if I can, yeah... If I, if I can even like double down on what um, Dr. Kenya is, is saying, I mean, even in their, the just going around and trying to meet the stakeholders during this visit, um, they, you know, Dr. Kenya and Dr. Casquillo have been speaking to just um, to, you know, to people in the community who are saying like, yeah, no, I have to go up island. I have to go to Cleveland Clinic to get my care. And that just like, you know, I cringe when I hear people say things like that because, Cleveland Clinic is something that, you know, has been siphoning our the, the community away for services that are readily, readily available within the territory. You know, and then the perception is that, you know, that there is no trust within the, 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 the providers and the healthcare community here. And it's of us. The health the healthcare system is made up of of, of people who are from the Virgin Islands, of you know, from the Caribbean who go away get their, you know, get the education and come back and give back to the community. But yet we still feel like we need to go to the mainland or to Cleveland Clinic to get services that are readily available, um, you know, in the territory. And that really, really, really bothers me. Well, unfortunately, that's a culture thing, you know. And, um, it's a cultural thing. It's the trust. It's uh, the trust uh, thing that, that Dr. Kenya was talking about. And we, and we need to, to... But that is also something we can change. We can change the trust when we start making sure that the community is, is involved in the messaging. How should we say you should go to the doctors and get this vaccine? How should we say that this new um, infectious disease is putting our people at a greater risk because we are going and we're not taking the preventative care. We might have underlying conditions, diabetes, heart disease. And to your question, from writing this grant and working with Dr. Caesar and the team, I do know that heart disease is the number one killer here in the territory. And that's really where this work, this first partnership between the University of Miami and the USBI, the first partnership is focused on addressing these cardiovascular health disparities. Heart disease does not need to be the number one killer here, but we do need to make sure that people are doing the behaviors and getting the preventive care and guidance that they need to re- 
reduce the impact of heart disease. And um, as Dr. Hunt-Season said, the providers are here and they are committed. There, our goal is to create more providers who are really committed and focused on delivering care to the territory um, to make sure that it's not there's, there are vacancies and also that people are not coming in to work as providers who may not understand the culture. Because like you both said, we must yeah. we must make a dent in the in the cultural barriers to accessing care. If you don't trust the doctor, if you think you should take an herb from your backyard rather than a medicine that the doctor has prescribed. So we're hoping that this first project will start generating more trust, more awareness, and more partnerships with patients or people who should be patients but aren't patients yet. Partnerships in like, how should we deliver this care? Maybe they don't want to go to the hospital, so we should deliver it at their home in the community maybe you know we should maybe the messaging on the billboard saying uh, talking about different areas of health should be delivered in a different language but we do need more providers like dr hart caesar and 40 percent of the healthcare jobs in the territory are vacant currently and the majority of providers actually are not from the territory originally although they are committed now. So we want to, we, we really just want to beef up, if you will, expand the local infrastructure of providers and strengthen all those areas so that people will come and get care. Social network, uh, uh, let me see, social network and health disparities lab, the University of Miami social network and health disparities lab explores the intersections of social sla- social slash personal networks and health disparities in some of the most marginalized and vulnerable communities uh, in the world. So, um, Dr. Hunt Caesar, are we benefiting from this social network and health disparities yeah, lab? That, that's what this is about. Absolutely, we, the, the the benefits are you know are going to be um, exponential, um, as Dr. Kenya said. The purpose of this grant is to train uh, USVI undergraduate college students. In, in, in research, in scientific research. We're focusing on cardiovascular research mm-hmm. because that's what affects our community so, um, so much. I'm going to stop you right and, there. I'm going to stop you right uh, there because we're going to take a break yes. and we'll pick it up right okay. there um, yes. with, with uh, okay. uh, Dr. Um, Kenya and Dr. Uh, Hunt Caesar. We'll be right back here and analyze this. Human beings have been making music for tens of thousands of years. It brings us together. It has the power to communicate emotions and ideas. It's a profound part of the human experience. Here are the stories behind the music you love and new music you might fall in love with. I'm Raina Duras. Join me for in-depth interviews with artists who are continuing that musical history on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big that cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. 
<laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nawaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12. Back here, I analyze this, and we're uh, just absolutely thrilled to be joined by um, Dr. Uh, I want to try to pronounce his first name right, right? Sanjaya? Sanjaya. Sanjaya, Kenya. And, and Dr. Ty Camille Hunt Caesar. Uh, Dr. Dr. Kenya is from the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. That's at uh, Jackson Memorial. That's in the Civic Center, right? Civic Center area? Right. Wow, you are local. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's my stomping grounds. You know, back in the day, you know what I'm saying, and and of course, uh, our founding dean at the UVA uh, School uh, of Medicine. Thank you, ladies, for joining us uh, this morning. Talk about the grant, um, Dr. Hunt Caesar. Um, is this through the Depart- U.S. Department of Health? Lung and blood diseases. And, and the grant was, yeah, go ahead. NI, National Institute of Heart, Lung, and so NIHLB. And, yeah, NIHL, no, NHLBI. NHLBI, okay. LBI, yes. Okay. And it's, uh, the, the name of the grant is actually called, it's, it's affectionately known as the CREW, the CREW grant. And it is, it's, the acronym stands for Cardiovascular Research Empowerment Workforce. So it's specifically, uh, the purpose is to, is to train and introduce research, cardiovascular research to college students of the, UV, of the USCI so that they can use the tools that they learn, understand why research is important in, in the healthcare profession so that they can learn at how to apply evidence-based research to their careers and actually see how it impacts public health initiatives and, um, and interventions. With 
the ultimate goal of bringing these students back to the territory so that they can continue to work um, where the, their public health research um, is actually applied and, and used. Okay. Well, I've known of the... I've known about the NIH, which is the National Institute of Health. I've never heard of the um, the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute. Tell us a little bit of, uh, about um, this uh, uh, research um, and uh, training and education uh, institute, um, Dr. Kenna, if you will. Yes. Well, this is one division. It's a division of the NIH. Okay, there we go. The division go. that, yes, it, yes. NHLBI is a division of the NIH focused on cardiovascular health. And um, the real goal of this grant, um, Dr. Hunt, Caesar, and I, in our initial research that happened at the University of Miami, we used community health workers, which are lay people, respected peers from their community, and we trained them in specific areas of health to go out in the community and do screening and linkage to care and then help the patients adhere to the care that their doctors have prescribed. So we really believe in the community health model. And so we are trying to engage students from the USVI to go into healthcare careers focused on addressing the cardiovascular health disparities that are here in the island. So we will support undergraduate students Throughout their entire college career, they will do a summer. They will do a summer research experience every summer during their college. That will start with two weeks of a research boot camp at the University of Miami, where they'll be exposed to all of our cutting edge cardiovascular research, stem cell research, heart disease and HIV. We have a lot of really, really rigorous science going on there. And once they and they'll also have University of Miami mentors. And then we will place them in the Department of Health down here in the USVI, where they will do, where they will spend the rest of the summer doing a mentored research project focused on collecting data that the health scientists and the physicians and the entire healthcare community needs in order to improve services and figure out what is the best strategy to deliver care so that we can reduce these health disparities. We, and in their final year of the program, we will support them going into graduate school, whether that's medical school, nursing school, or going to get their PhD. We hope that they will pursue graduate school uh, focused in a healthcare career, and then they will come back and serve the territory, and they will already have one foot in with the healthcare infrastructure here. They will know who the movers and shakers are, such as the commissioner and Dr. Hansivar, and they will they will figure out, they will already know where the gaps are in the healthcare system that they can fill. But we really want to inspire and support them throughout their entire um, higher education and motivate them to come back to the territory and serve their people. Dr. Huntsies, where are we um, on a scale of uh, if if uh, one would be um, just starting and ten um, were in full flight with respect to this 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 project this program? Where are we right now? Oh, we're in like probably seven 
because the, the the majority of the work is actually it's actually done. Like I mean, like uh, you know, try just getting this grant and actually getting the funding is the is the biggest biggest part. Um, so I have to tout um, Dr. Kenya, but I also have to tout Dr. Janice Valman, our deputy commissioner for um, health um, health promotion and disease prevention. Um, she was one of the the co the co PIs the the co investigators for um, for for this for 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 acquiring the grants. And I mean, people who grant who write grants know and understand how how rigorous this this procedure can be and how competitive these um these these awards that these funding awards can be. So I mean, the the legwork the the majority of the work has been done with actually providing the the background. The, um, the the reason the need uh, for for this for this opportunity and to actually like you know get the funding you know and Dr. Ken this is what Dr. Kenya does you know she writes grants so she knows she applies to a lot of grants you know she gets she, she, she gets you know she probably does not get as much as she applies to but then when you get it it's like such a relief so uh, all of that saying that you know, after actually getting the award and then planning the first site visit we're well underway. And yesterday, after the press release, we actually was the was the first day of launching the application cycle. So we are going to begin this program this summer. So the purpose of, of her being in the territory, she and her territory, is actually meeting everyone, um, building the relationships, and advertising, and starting um, um, try, trying to meet with the students so that we can get applications for the summer. The application opened yesterday, and the application cycle will go through February. The last day of February is when the application cycle will end, and we hope to have a large um, recruitment amount. And even though we're, we're accepting 10 students, um, you know, for the you know for the summer for this year, and it'll be 10 students. And you know, if we have an overwhelming um, support and, and response with the applications, like Dr. Kenya said, this is just the beginning. Once you start to apply for for um, for grants and and um, at these at these institutions, if they see it's successful and it's actually indeed making a difference, then we can go ahead and try to apply for an extension um, for 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 more funding. So that's why I said that this is this this opportunity is going to be exponential in what we what we hope to to achieve. And while this is one one area, we are already starting and thinking about applying for. Other other grant opportunities for other areas that are, that will address health disparities within the territory and to address the the workforce resiliency and um, and sustainability within within the territory. Now, um, back in my day, um, you know, when I was younger and I was uh, an elected official, uh, one of the things that we were looking at, you know, was the the potential for a for a medical school. Uh, here uh, in the Virgin Islands, uh, and Dr. Kenya, I met with the. Um, then I think uh, he was the associate or assistant dean uh, at the NYU uh, Medical School, and he suggested to me. He said, "You know, Senator, um, maybe the Virgin Islands should look at uh, if you're going to get into to, to, to medicine with your university. Um, maybe you should look at um, the Virgin Islands being a retirement." Uh, location. Look at it from that perspective, and look at geriatrics as probably a specialty that y'all want to focus at, given the weather and and all that stuff. Uh, what what's your take uh, on that, uh, Doctor uh, Kenya? Given you know you're here, this is this is paradise. Um, we got beautiful weather for about eleven months of the year, except for the hurricane season. 
Um, what's your take on our using our attributes, the elements, uh, to our advantage? I know you spoke about heart disease and all that, but uh, what about what was suggested to me back then uh, in 2006? I think that is a very poignant suggestion. I think that is only an, an excellent, an excellent uh, suggestion that you received from NYU. You know, there's so many similarities between Miami and USCI, as, as many similarities probably as there are differences. However, we have been very successful in Florida attracting the retirement community. Healthcare expenses in Florida are actually 12% higher than the rest of the U.S., and yet we have so many seniors coming to get healthcare in Florida, and once they receive their healthcare, spending considerable amount of time, um, they're recovering and healing, and then many eventually move. And I think that is a wonderful prospect for the USDI to attract that population where there is less stress. Well, I don't know if there's less stress because I am visiting right now. But, um, <laughs> and I'm also under, <laughs> under the direction of, Ty, of Dr. Caesar, who has made sure I am awake every second of the day working. So I don't know about the less stress yet, but I'm not in the geriatric community. But I do think that's an ideal solution, and that is an area of focus that should definitely be seriously considered. And I think the launching of the medical school will help considerably with that because people want evidence-based, research-driven care. At the University of Miami School of Medicine, we are the only academic healthcare system in South Florida, and that has done wonders for attracting patients who do want the highest quality of care using the latest advances in medicine, and I think that we can replicate that, and I'm hoping that this, this initial project is the launching of a long-term, robust partnership where we can benefit from getting to know each other and the things we've been great at at the University of Miami, we can extend that down to the USBI, but we can also learn from USBI. And I think that's the biggest, um, one of the most positive aspects of this project and the projects that we're developing, I will be spending all next month writing another grant for the territory, is that all of the work Dr. Hutt-Caesar and I are planning together is really about collaborating with the community and figuring out the best ways and the, and the most important populations to focus on. And I think um, the way that we're going about this, involving the community, listening to people like you who have tremendous experience and have received advice um, from external academic experts, I think this is the direction that we need to do to bring cutting-edge medicine to the UNCI. And although, and I will say, I have toured your health systems, the healthcare systems here are excellent. Every provider I have met and every healthcare um, laboratory that I have visited has blown me away with how advanced the resources are and the equipment, the technology, and also by the commitment and the passion of the providers. And um, it's blown me away. And we don't often see that in the mainland U.S. to see really happy providers who are really committed to bringing the latest advances to the population. So I think that we have a lot to learn from each other, and this collaboration will lead us, um, hopefully, yes, attracting a retirement population.
organization and really encouraging locals to get their care here from excellent providers who do understand the culture and want to make sure that the population is healthy. I'd like so, to... Doctor, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Dr. Kenya... She, yeah, so I, I, I took, uh, we've, we've been, like I said, she's been a site visit so she can build the relationships and meet all of the key stakeholders. So we've been going around meeting, um, touring ver- various facilities um, on both islands and meeting um, pri- predominantly with the cardiologists in the territory because those are the providers that we really want to have the biggest input in the cardiovascular uh, public health um, questions that need to be answered. Uh, so she's been meeting with, uh, you know, some top-notch um, docs who know what they're talking about. And, you know, so the, the, um, I'm, and, and also tour, to, um, touring places like the Medical Simulation Center, which is a part of the School of Medicine on St. Croix. So um, we, like, doc, like um, Dr. Kenya is saying, you know, we have, we have, we have wonderful, excellent, um, um, cutting-edge uh, facilities in the territory and we provide um top-notch above um standard of care um within within our within our healthcare sector and the public really needs to be aware of that and understand that um while while we while we know that we have shortfalls that we are addressing we are committed to improving the health care of the territory by way of opportunities such as these grants that will further enhance the community, but also um, work towards um, improving in the success of the, the launching of the medical school and um, and, and continuing um, to build on those research opportunities don't, that are necessary for an academic institution. Don't, don't, don't hang up. I don't want to dismiss you uh, rudely. So don't hang up. We'll be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Doom scrolling. Let's break that habit, folks. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where if you want to know what's going on in the world and why it matters, all you have to do is give your thumb a rest and perk up your ears. We've got the news, but we've also got curiosity, joy, and surprise. Tune in for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Music can be an incredibly personal experience. A song can inspire you, it can comfort you, it can make you feel understood, it can even take you back to a specific moment in your life. And it all begins with the artist. Join me, Raina Duras, as I get personal through in-depth interviews with your favorite musicians and find out where those songs come from on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1.